It's Sunday morning, July 20th, 1969, and Joan Kennedy is sitting perfectly still in front of an old-school rotary telephone. She's about to make a call, and she is not looking forward to it. She's only just arrived at Hyannisport, but the Kennedy family's spin doctors are already putting her to work. Out of the corner of her eye, she sees one of them lurking around, and she says, there's a dead girl, and all you care about is how it looks? But she already knows the answer is yes, and now they need her help with something that her husband messed up. Yesterday, when Ted called Gwen and Joe Kopechny, Mary Jo's parents, it was a disaster. He didn't even bother to tell them he was with their daughter when the car crashed into the water or that he was the one driving. This could totally come back and bite him in the ass. So the spin doctors have nominated Joan to get ahead of it, try to smooth things over. You know, basically another example of women cleaning up the messes of men. As she starts to dial, Ted comes up beside her. She wants to know what she should say if they ask questions or want details. Ted tries to reassure her. Well, you don't have any details. That's not what this call is about, Jonesy. Just be nice, be sympathetic, and get the hell off the line. Do you understand? So much for reassuring. He also throws in an offer to take her to Mildred's house of chowder if it goes well. (laughs) Wow, I hope he springs for the bread bowl. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Joan listens as the phone rings. Then a woman answers. It's Gwen, Mary Jo's mom. Hello, Mrs. Kopechny, Joan says. This is Joan Kennedy, Ted's wife. Gwen sounds surprised to hear from her, but also a little bit grateful, which loosens Joan up. She tells Gwen that the whole Kennedy family is terribly sorry about what happened. And Gwen tells her how nice that is to hear. Then Joan lowers her voice and speaks from the heart. We've had tragedy in our own family and we empathize with you. We are so, so sorry. Gwen doesn't say anything, but through the phone, Joan can hear her crying softly and they sit together in silence. When the moment passes, they start chatting like old friends. Joan feels Ted patting her arm. And when she looks up, he's smiling. It's like he's saying, "At a girl. Ah, she's earning that Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. Joan smiles back. But as soon as Ted turns away, she stops smiling. She's done what she can to fulfill her duties as a Kennedy wife. But she's about to learn that helping maintain the perfect Kennedy image will require much more than a phone call. From Wondery, I'm Arisha Skidmore-Williams. And I'm Brooke Sifrin. And this is Even the Rich. In our last episode, the police allowed Ted Kennedy to leave Chappaquiddick and return to the safe confines of Hyannisport. Now, an all-star lineup of advisors and power brokers are trying to keep him out of jail and preserve Ted's political career. This is episode three, The Reckoning. It's Sunday, July 20th, 1969, two days since Ted drove his car into a pond on Chappaquiddick and left Mary Jo Kopechny inside. Now, half a billion people around the globe are glued to their TVs, watching a spectacle that the Kennedys helped engineer. Eight years ago, John F. Kennedy promised to put a man on the moon, and now that dream is coming true. In Hyannisport, members of the Kennedy family, as well as their loyal spin doctors, are gathered in the living room watching the grainy footage. The moon landing couldn't come at a better time for Ted. It's the only story in the world that could knock Chappaquiddick off the front page. 
but Ted can't concentrate. He's up and pacing, peeking out the curtains of the giant windows, fixated on what's going on outside the compound. A crowd of reporters are milling about. The world may have forgotten about Ted's scandal for a moment, but those reporters haven't. Um, for the record, I haven't either. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Ted squeezes in between two of his young nephews and tries to focus on the TV set. I want to play you this clip. It's a pretty amazing moment in history. Hey, everybody, Please, T1, uh, stand by for T1. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Roger, Tranquility. We copy you on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot. Wow. I got goosebumps. I know. In the Kennedy home, the living room erupts with cheers. Someone squeezes Ted's shoulder. Someone else probably murmurs, Jack should have been here to see this. Ted goes around shaking hands and giving his best smile. But the whole thing must sting a little. I mean, seeing his brother's dream come true has to remind him of a time when the Kennedy family had the potential to change the world. Now, Ted's gotta be wondering if he's screwed up that legacy forever. He needs to find a way to get back into the public's good graces. I know what he has to do. What? He has to offer everyone in America a bowl of clam chowder. It worked for Joan. Yeah, yeah, with the bread bowl, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's still more ways to screw up. The next morning, Ted's mom, Rose, is sitting at the breakfast table with her son, asking him about the plan for Mary Jo's funeral. Rose is pushing 80 years old, and she still has a giant mound of black hair on her head and hardly a wrinkle on her face. Getting old hasn't slowed her down one bit. The woman has always been tough. Remember when she gashed her head open and pretended everything was fine when she talked to her husband? Yeah. No matter what's happening behind the scenes, it's important to Rose 